0: Just a reminder for any kids that are with us or visiting, you are welcome to go to Sunday school at this time. You're also welcome to stay as part of the service, but we encourage you to um, head to the back and join Madeline for Sunday school if you'd like to. Uh, This morning, we are uh, delighted to be able to welcome Diane Boyd here. Uh, Diane and Pastor Alex are doing a pulpit exchange. So Pastor Alex is going to be preaching at the church that Diane serves at in Rockwood this morning, and in exchange, we get to have Diane with us. So Diane is known to many of us. Her and her husband, Rob, and their family have been part of our church, uh, connected to our church community for many years now. Um, Diane, as I said, is a minister at Rockwood Presbyterian Church. She also... Uh, does pastoral care for seniors with St. Andrews here in Guelph. When Diane was a student at Knox College, she actually served here at Courtright uh, in her placement as a student minister. And as I said, Diane's married to Rob, and they have four kids who are now between the ages of 12 to 20, and uh, in her spare time, uh, Diane is also really committed to the Guelph soccer program and helps serve as a coach for the under 17 girls rep soccer team. So I'm delighted to invite Diane to join me and I'd love to pray for you Diane as you come up. So God, we give you thanks for Diane. We thank you for the evidence of your work in her life and we thank you for her uh, love for you and her service in Rockwood. We pray your blessing over her in that place and in that congregation. And we also thank you for the word that she's gonna bring us this morning. We pray that you would help us to have eyes to see and ears to hear what you would have for us. And we pray that you would speak your truth through her. For we ask this
1: in your name, Jesus, amen. Thanks. Thanks, Allison. I think I remember how to do this. I also remember how it goes down, so I'll be careful. <laughs> well, we've already prayed, but let's pray again before we read from Scripture. Oh God, your word brings light. Light to your people now, just as it did so long ago. Fill us now with your Holy Spirit as we listen to your word. Open our minds and our hearts to receive your light. Guide us to your truth, challenge us, and change us. In the name of Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Well, the text I'm reading from this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 5, reading verses 1 to 9. I'm reading mostly from the New Living Translation, but there is a little NIV thrown in there too. See if you can find it. So let's hear from God's Word. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Oh, good job. I don't always get that. Love it. Well, one of the places in the world that as a teenager, I really, really wanted to visit was Bath in England not because of the history, the architecture, even though that's amazing, but rather because two members of my favorite band lived there. (laughs) So when I was 20, I had the privilege of visiting Bath with my cousin. I didn't see either member of the band, but that's okay. But I did get to tour the amazing sights of Bath, and one of the most famous ones is the Roman bath. And that Roman bath dates back to the first century, to about 60 or 70 A.D. And that bath is fed from an underground spring. It's the size of a huge swimming pool. It was amazing to see. It was so big. And on all four sides of the Roman bath, it had covered areas for people to be. So when I read the story today, this text, Bath was the image that came to my mind. So on this day in our text, Jesus was headed into Jerusalem to celebrate one of the many Jewish holidays. And as he enters into Jerusalem, he comes to this pool called Bethesda, right near the Sheep Gate, we're told. And it probably looks similar to the one in Bath. Time wise, it's within decades of one another. The pool in Bethesda is big. In Bath, there are four covered porches, but in Bethesda, there are five. So, this pool in Bethesda, Jerusalem, is big. And all around this pool, we're told, there are crowds of people. But these crowds aren't there to see Jesus. These crowds are there. They're comprised of sick people, people who are not well. But if they're not there to see Jesus, then what are they there for? Why are there so many? Why such a crowd? Well, what was believed about this particular pool of water was that when the water bubbled up, Healing power was released. And the first person who got into that pool of water would be healed. Whatever ailed them, they would be healed of that. So this crowd of people, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed, they're all crowded around this pool. They're waiting, waiting for the water to bubble, waiting for the power to be released. And when it bubbled, crowd control, only the first one in, remember, gets healed. So there would have been a stampede of sorts, not very good odds. But everyone around that pool was waiting and waiting, waiting for that opportunity to go when that water bubbled. Then our author, John, tells us about one man in particular in this crowd of so many sick people. This man, whose name is not given, is an invalid. And this man has been lying there by this pool, waiting to be healed for 38 years. 38 years! That's a long time. And as Jesus enters, nears the city, and sees this great crowd around the pool, he probably asks someone, "What's, What's going on here? What are they doing? Why are they all here? And the person probably answered, Well, they're waiting. They're waiting for the water to bubble. And then the first one in gets healed. And Jesus maybe answered, saying, Well, will they all be healed? Well, how often does that pool bubble? Well, not very often, the answer is. But still they wait. And you see that guy over there? That guy over there? He has been waiting for 38 years. 38 years! That's crazy! And every time the water bubbles, he starts pulling himself along but he's so slow, he never gets in first. The poor guy, 38 years. So then Jesus makes a beeline for this man laying beside the pool. Just one person, a single man in that vast crowd. He becomes the focus of Jesus' attention. Jesus approaches the man, not the other way around. Jesus comes to the man, right there where he is, laying on his mat beside the pool. And Jesus asks him, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Notice in this man's reply, He doesn't tell Jesus how long he's been there, been there waiting. But this man sounds discouraged, doesn't he? He says, well, gee, I have no one. I have no friends to help me. And as soon as the pool starts to bubble, well, I try so hard. I try so hard to be the first one to get there. But I'm all alone with no help no help at all so someone always beats me to it someone always gets there before me this man's discouraged and that's totally understandable isn't it he's been there waiting trying for 38 years but this man has no idea who has just asked him this question. He has no idea what this person who asked the question can do. Because this person, when he speaks, he spoke and the world was created by his word. Then this person, Jesus the Messiah, the creator of heaven and earth, opens his mouth, and he speaks to the man and says, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Now forget the pool, forget the bubbles, forget the need for friends to help. And the pool goes into the backdrop. The forefront now, the focus, is this interaction between Jesus and this man this interaction instigated by Jesus. Jesus and a nameless man are now the focus. Now this man probably looks at Jesus confused, but then as he sees the look on Jesus' face, the man realizes, this guy's not kidding around. He's not mocking me, like so many people do. He's telling me to get up and walk. Should I? It would be so embarrassing if I couldn't. What if I'm not healed? Well, maybe not as embarrassing as dragging myself across to get in the pool. Okay. So as the man looks around, he looks around and realizes Jesus isn't speaking to anyone else, just him. There's no race, there's no competition. Jesus is speaking to him and him alone. And perhaps in that moment, as he contemplated, he felt in his body, perhaps he was paralyzed with no feeling in his legs. Now he can feel his legs. And John says, our gospel writer says, immediately, this man, was healed. So notice, when Jesus healed this man, there was no requirement of him. Jesus spoke. And just as at creation, Jesus spoke, and it was. It was done. By the power of Jesus' word, this man was healed. So now the man picks up his mat. And he walks. One of the Bible commentators that I read speaking on this passage describes this moment beautifully. This commentator said, What once carried this man is now to be carried triumphantly by him. And that's it. That's all we get in this story. The man could walk. The end. But what can we draw out of this interaction for us today? Well, first notice, Jesus comes to the man. I think maybe we we think sometimes we have to go to God. It's us. We have to go to Jesus in prayer and in worship and reach out to him. But Jesus comes to us who we are, and where we are. And also notice that Jesus approached one person, just one person in that whole crowd. Now that whole crowd needed healing. And could Jesus have healed everyone in that crowd all at once? Absolutely. But that's not what Jesus chose to do. Jesus chose one, this single man with no conditions, no expectations, just healing. And thirdly, also notice that Jesus didn't chastise this man. He didn't correct him for his downcast and discouraged attitude, maybe even negative attitude. This man had been trying and trying for 38 years, but he was still trying, he was still there, even though he was discouraged in his attempts. Jesus met this man where he was. Now perhaps today you are feeling downcast, discouraged. Maybe your head is down. But I say to you, listen, listen for that voice of Jesus speaking to you today, saying, do you want to be well? So raise your head, open your ears, and listen to the voice of your Savior, your Savior who said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. I have given you the Holy Spirit who will teach you all things, encourage you in all things, and give you peace of mind and peace in your hearts. These are the words of Jesus. So by the power of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be blessed by these words today.